0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Thank you for being here. Glad to have you all here. Back for part two of my conversation about disposable culture. Did you ever fuck with me? I haven't decided what I'm going to name this podcast yet, but... You'll see the name. <laughs> this is part two. Again, thank you for subscribing and tuning in. If you have not listened to part one, um, definitely head over to part one. Um, it's so funny. I was talking to somebody about part one and, you know, how I was discussing things, and people was like, You should not do that. You know, don't say that. Don't say that about that person. Listen, I didn't say anything that a lie about a person or about anybody and i said what i said you know i'll talk about my experience y'all gonna, y'all gonna stop trying to dictate what people can talk about on their podcasts, on their platforms and their music i'm not talking about an experience that had nothing to do with me i'm talking about my experience and just so happened the players involved in this experience and if you just so happen to be one of the players i don't know i don't know what to tell you shit not gone so well So, here we go. So, just to recap, part one, um, this is really just a recap, um, so please go listen to part one. Part one was basically, I'm basically talking about disposable culture and how people say that they fuck with you and then they don't, and how that has tainted my experience with um, Clubhouse. And, you know, part one was basically me talking about how I stopped fucking with Clubhouse, But I still kept going back because of the people. And then on part one, I briefly talked about one of my experiences that made me stop fucking with people. And I still continued to go back because there were still other people that I fucked with. And so now I'm going to elaborate on that. One of my, one thing that I notice about Clubhouse, (laughs) especially when it comes to the queer folk on Clubhouse, Clubhouse will give you praise if you are a queer person that caters to heterosexual people if you are a space that is i guess inclusive for heterosexual people and queer folk if you are if your conversations include a lot of heterosexual people all those things if you have you know if if, if you're if your space is is specifically for queer for queer people and queer content and queer conversations clubhouse does not give a fuck about you they don't give a fuck about you there are a lot of content creators on clubhouse that are queer that conversations cater specifically to queer folk and our experiences you know whether it may be some experiences with cishets heads. Uh, Or cishets or heterosexuals However you say it Um, But, you know We're on Like the centerpiece, center focus point Is always going to be on queer folk You know, and there's like You know, one of my favorite places On Clubhouse, my favorite rooms Is Black Lesbian Wellcheck uh, Which is um, A uh, space Hosted by three lesbians Black lesbians at that Um, I love their space and they don't compromise you know their space their focal point is everyone's welcome but just know that the focal point is going to be on black lesbian issues whether it's black lesbians relationships with other gay men with other with the trans community with black lesbians relationships with black cishet women or whatever the focal point is always going to be the, um, from black lesbians and you know, Clubhouse doesn't give a fuck about that. You know, my space, Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Um, I'm a I'm a black gay man. So all my conversations were definitely coming from a black gay man perspective. And um I catered to that. <clears throat> now, you know, when I do when I do my versus battles, then of course everyone is welcome for that. But just know my conversations are definitely going to be from the experience of a black gay man, and that's not that's not changing. Even when I had even when I had the room about how can black men show up for each other and support, I still spoke from the lens of being a black gay man and how, how difficult that is to have a relationship with a black cis head man, and you know, and it and they and they be comfortable when I brought my barber on the on on the podcast. I mean, on um, when I brought my bar- barber <laughs> to Clubhouse, it was from the perspective of my relationship with my barber as a black gay man and my experiences in the barbershop. Again, that's I, I cater to black gay men in my space, black queer folk. Period, in my space, um, I have I have I've had conversations with you know a lot of black queer folk in my space, and again, Clubhouse does not give a fuck. <laughs> So I do think that there are spaces or individuals on the app that conversations are not specifically just for queer folk that, um, these people get a little bit more notoriety. Um, they get noticed a little bit more. Did I say that word right? Notoriety? Notoriety? Did I say that right? I don't know. Fuck. Y'all know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Okay. Um... And I believe that, and and, for, and that and that's frustrating, and that and that that is frustrating. I will be completely honest; that is frustrating. I do think that a lot of the people who are queer that have gone into some of the heterosexual spaces and have, you know, been a part of conversations, you know, for visibility for us, um, and to. Bring a certain nuance to the conversation. I think that that's important. And I, I applaud those individuals. Those queer folk for doing that. Because that that's work. That's work to go into these. Predominantly. Cis heterosexual. Cis heterosexual spaces. That are. Probably talking about queer folk in a way. Misgendering. Using wrong terminologies. Not being educated. And for them to go in there and. And educate correct and do all this stuff daily for over a year I I commend them for doing that because they've they've made it easier for people like me to go into those spaces and just be seen so I, I appreciate them for that but I also want I also think that the rooms that cater to queer folks should be recognized because we deserve to have our spaces we deserve to have our own space you know we deserve to be able to go into a safe space that is just for queer folk and know that we're safe and that shouldn't be looked down upon that shouldn't be frowned upon because you feel as though it's not inclusive enough it's inclusive for queer folk i mean that's fine and i think that that and there's nothing that should be shamed about that and i and I, I don't like how clubhouse does not highlight those spaces and there are more than just you know my space and black lesbian well check um i um there are other spaces as well, but I will say that our spaces are probably the strongest on the queer side um that cater specifically to um, queer um the queer community um I love life as a trans woman um and her space is great but she's also um a, a heterosexual woman so her space is going to include um the you know um the heterosexual community and some conversations are um but I will also say she still st- her, her she she doesn't her space she still speaks from the life of a trans woman like she that like she never stops doing that and i i appreciate that but i do think that you know a lot of people praise her and this is this has nothing to do with her but i do think a lot of people praise her because they feel as though that she's the cool person she's the cool one because you know she's um in the heterosexual spaces and they feel like i don't know it's it's weird but i, I you know it, it has nothing to do with her because her politic doesn't change, regardless if you're a heterosexual person or a queer a queer person. Her politic doesn't change. She's going to treat you the same. But um she is very, I think her space, out of all of ours, I think her space gets, I don't even think she gets enough notoriety that she should. I, I don't, so I'm not even going to say that lie. But I do think that she deserves... She deserves the respect as well, um, because I do think that she caters to queer folk. And what I love, what I like the most about her space is, after her conversations that are heavy, very heavy conversations, whether or or maybe it's not even that heavy, but somehow it it um it gets has a moment. She'll open up a care room afterwards to you know, breathe and to talk about something different or to maybe talk about some of the things that happened in that room, but, but, but more in um, a caring way and not an educational way. Um, and so she does that and nobody else does that. (laughs) Nobody else does that with these heavy conversations on the app and open up the room just so, so we can breathe and go into a different space that is not negative. That is not, um, giving folks anxiety and shit and so she's someone else that hasn't been in my opinion noticed by the app you know i think she is getting she gets her flowers from individuals on the app but the app ain't done shit for her either and i know she's not asking them to this is just me as someone who feels as though it needs to happen i mean first of all she needs to be the app icon hello she needs to be the icon of the app. But I'm, let me stop going on my rant. But this is me. Basically, all this shit I'm saying is just how I feel as though that there are, some, there are queer spaces that are not represented and being represented well on the app. And that bothered me. That was one thing that started to bother me. And something else that started to bother me on the app, it was so, there are so many fractured relationships on the app. Excuse me, I'm taking a little bite of something. There's a lot of fractured relationships on the app. And some of them are performative. And you have to try really hard to not get invested in some of these fractured relationships and some of these arguments and disagreements. Because the moment you get invested choosing a side or supporting someone or supporting them both, the next day they're having a room together. Saying that they squashed it. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? How did y'all squash that beef already? It's performative. And and once I started to really see how people are really doing anything on this app for content. People are doing anything for content. Let me stop eating because this is like really, I know this noise is probably bothering y'all in this ghetto. But it started to make me hmm okay you know how there are some reality tv that's like real you know this is some real shit going on and then there's that reality tv where you know it's for the cameras clubhouse really started to give me zeus network i ain't gonna hold you clubhouse started to give me zeus network because i'm like okay at first, when I thought this beef was real, because this beef was going outside on other, in, in, on other, like, the beef was carrying over outside of Clubhouse to other social media platforms, you, it was just crazy, and it's like, okay, this is real shit going on with these people, now you see them back on stage, like, together, modded up, hosting rooms together, doing comedy specials together, and... Helping people sell tickets for the comedy shows and all this other shit. You're like, wait a minute now. Wait a fucking minute. Y'all were beef, have been beefing for uh, almost a year. Like some of y'all built your following on the beefs that you have with people. And now y'all cool? Oh, child, get the fuck out of here. So when I started to started to really notice that, and again, I'm a late bloomer, because I know it's been happening, but I came to the party late or I figured the shit out late. My light bulb came came on late. I don't give a fuck how you word it. Oh, well, bitch, I'm late, but I'm here now. And that's fine, but now I'm up. So now that I'm woke, bitch, I need, <laughs> I, I have a better understanding. So I see how people are moving on the app and I'm not enjoying that. So I'm starting to not believe the conversations you're having because you're having conversations about relationships and conflicts and all this other shit, but you don't even handle conflict. Well, you don't know how to handle conflict yourself or the conflict that you have is fake. And so is this content real or is it? So I I started to question so much that I just did not know how to react. So I just started to become not interested in a lot of the content and the individuals that were creating spaces. And, Oh, sorry. And so I just wasn't, I didn't like it, but you know, here I am still chugging along, still chugging, chugging along and finding me great spaces ish. (laughs) It was feeling, it started like clubhouse was feeling like a chore. It was like, I was, I'm, I'm required. Like it was like a part of my daily life. Like I would, I would literally wake up and log into clubhouse. I haven't prayed I haven't brushed my teeth, washed my face. I literally turned over and checked Clubhouse to see to see what's going on, what's on. Look at the notifications, see if I got any messages. That's some that's a lot. That's bad. That's an addiction. And I know a lot of people aren't going are are afraid to admit it or scared to admit it, but I'm not. I definitely was addicted addicted to this app <clears throat> Addicted to the app Definitely, absolutely Was addicted And You know, even as a full-time Uber driver I'm driving, got my AirPod in Listening to different roads Responding and doing all that shit Like addicted I stopped watching TV I, ain't, I haven't been to the movies I haven't done anything I would literally schedule my life around clubhouse my friends stop c- talking to them a lot <laughs> you know stop and, and, and i don't know like my friend even my own friends was like child what is you like what is this your own who is these people you talking about what is this like why are you getting into sh-? like they 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 hear about my conflict they're like who are who are these people you you're virtually fighting with it we can't get our hands on like what's going on i'll say yes this bitch did this i can't believe they said they said okay well why do you care It's, it's it's virtual i said you're right but for some reason i care and so those were the conversations i was having with my with my friends about my relationships with certain people on this digital app and it was sometimes difficult to talk to them because they don't understand, like, how can you be so invested in something and, and peop, invest, invested in people that you've never met? I don't know, bitch. It's, a, it's, a, it's an experiment for your ass. And I'm pretty sure someone going gonna gonna to publish a book about it because it's definitely an experiment. And so I found a space that I thought was going to be a great home for me it was a great space i i i went to every morning and i'm being really careful with my words (laughs) with this one because i am not trying to get no cease and desist bitch i went there every morning and i thought (laughs) i'm sorry y'all it's hard for me because i'm trying to really be careful with these words and for those of you who listening who are listening who are from the app you know what I'm talking about so listen for those of you who do not know what clubhouse is or know this moment just listen to enjoy what I'm talking about don't try to piece no dots because you ain't gonna get it but for the but those of you who are from clubhouse I know you smelling what I just stepped in so I really enjoyed this space because I liked the the diversity of folk in the room this space, in my opinion, um, was a great space for everybody. Men, women, non-binary, black. Um, I, I would say a few white people, but there are moments that I feel like they were probably uncomfortable. Um, people of color, queer folk, anybody that's on the LGBTQ LGBTQIA spectrum. I can't believe I said you. What the fuck is a you? And uh, yeah, so I just I, I enjoyed, it. and there was moments we laughed. There was moments we cried. There were moments it got heated, depending on what the topic was. And you know, it was you know a lot of hot topic conversations, conversations about things that are happening now and celebrity news and how, you know, we give our comments, we do all these things. I said, wonderful, love this space. And it was a very large space. Like, you know, hundreds of people will be in this room daily. And I was a, a late comer to the space, but they've been around for a while. And I just, I loved it. I loved the space. I really loved the creator of the space. I thought this person was dope as hell. What really started to, what started to bother me was there were moments that were very cringy being in that space, being a queer person, hearing some of the things that would come out of certain people's mouths. Even one of them was a moderator. And I made it to the stage and I daily made it to the stage and Daily contributed, I um added to the conversations, and I believe I started to develop a rapport with the people in the space. So I was, you know, always on stage. And a lot of queer folk would feel some type of way with me being on the stage and hearing some of the stuff I was hearing, and I tried to. I definitely understood their perspective. I definitely understood, we would hear some uh, egregious things in this space from homophobic and transphobic people. You know, um, um, a lot of men that were very misogynistic and in my opinion, anti-black, anti-woman, just just a lot of shit. And, you know, these are the people that, these people exist in the world. They're here, they're talking, you know, we're having a dialogue, whatever. And a lot of queer folks started saying, well, how are you okay with just being here? And I said, well, I really didn't have an answer. I just said that I I enjoyed the space. And those few individuals that, you know, um, say these egregious things about, you know, folk in the community, you know, there's always a counter response to them. So it's not like it's... It's not like the, it's, um, the, the, that type of language is celebrated in the space. It's not celebrated. There's always a counter to what that person is saying. And I was fine with that. But then it started to become too much for me when, you know, it was it, it started to feel as though individuals were allowed to keep this type of rhetoric coming out of their mouth. And there was no reasons for, like, there was no, like, okay, what's the point of this? Like, what, what, why are we saying this? Why are we still allowing someone to speak this? because What is the goal? And I just did not agree with that. I didn't agree with still allowing certain people to speak on on shit that we know okay we know they're homophobic we know they're transphobic they they're not going to change so by uh, still allowing them the platform to do so to say these say these things and what really what also bothered me is that some of some it was there were some people a particular person that was um (laughs) um That was, that was a part, that was a mod, that's a, that's a moderator. I said what the fuck I said. There's a particular person that's a moderator who would agree with me and would agree with a lot of the queer folk with how shit was being done in the space or would vent about the, what, what, how they feel, but would never vocalize it in the moment and would always leave me out to dry and would still, and would just be silent, you know, loud, loud on Monday, but quiet on Tuesday. And that started to really bother me as well. So, you know, I said my piece. I also felt like in the space when we would talk about queer issues, th- they always wanted the queer folk to give grace. Like we always had to be the ones to give grace. Let people speak, regardless of how hateful and hurtful and harmful it sounds, just let them speak and then you can you can challenge it. I'm not up for challenging my identity like my identity is not a I'm not debating that with you like you think trans folk and queer folks should burn in hell die you don't think trans women are real women you don't like okay okay you said that so now what now what Okay, we gonna argue and tell them no, trans women are women because yada yada. They're still going to believe that trans women are not women. They're still going to believe that there's no such thing as bisexuality. They're still going to believe that they don't know what the fuck a non. Like, you're going to educate them so much, they're still going to walk away not giving a fuck. So why do we keep talking to these people? Why do we keep having these conversations? with people who, have, who do not want to come to the table to learn. Because if you want to come to the table to learn about my, about my queerness and understanding queer folk better, you're coming to possibly be corrected on your language and you're not going to feel no type of way about that, one. Two, you're going to come to learn and you're not going to say, but what about, you're not debating with me. You're not challenging me. That's not what someone's. That's not what someone does if they really want to learn. And so, I started call. I call bullshit. I call bullshit on what was the purpose of these conversations because it did not feel. It's, it did not feel as though that they were genuine to really move forward in a, in a great way. And like I like I said, I, I call bullshit and. I will say there were some moments where I was disrespectful in the space by yelling out loud and doing crazy stuff. And so I would, I had to learn how to leave the room and not speak and stuff like that. And I feel as though this last, this last moment for me was a point of no return because I, I personally did not want to share space with an individual anymore. And I can't. It's it's not my space. I can't control who comes in and out of the space, so it's easier for me to just leave than to still then to fight with the creator about why you want this person always in your space. I'm not gonna do that. I don't you know I, I I don't understand why this person always gets a voice, but it's not my space. It's not my room. You know, do I want to still be there? Absolutely, but if they if the, if the creators are okay with allowing these voices to be in their space that's their right that is their right so i personally just won't be in here and that hurt because i did i had at that point this was like my not like this was my my final home cuz i've been going into the space for a while but this space was like a it was a safe space for me even though the conversations were crazy, I felt like I was able to be myself in this space. There was not people in this space that knew Cordero from last year on the app, so I didn't have to keep defending things from a year ago or eight months ago. I, I was able to be a new the the uh, not a new person, but I was able to have a clean slate in this space. You know, people didn't know I had tight, like rooms titled about me. Like people didn't know I was like I, I was like, kind of a menace on the app. So I was able to have a clean slate in this space. And once I realized, once I felt as though I was not welcomed anymore, and I'm going to say that I felt like I wasn't welcomed because I just felt like I wasn't welcomed and I had nowhere else to turn. This was my place I would go every morning because there was nowhere else to go. Like the app is trash. Like everybody's talking about this and that and just downing each other we could have great conversations in here, agree to disagree, whatever. But it started to not feel like that. And for me, once I knew this was my the last place I could be, and I no longer had that, I, I've, I've finally lost all interest in being on this app. That was really the nail in the coffin for me. I once I. <laughs> Once I knew I could not, like, I had nowhere else to go. I didn't want to open up any more rooms. I didn't want to keep taking my content somewhere. I wanted to take my content somewhere else. I actually wanted to... It's like my... I, I wanted my content to grow. I felt like my content outgrew outgrew Clubhouse, but I still wanted to come on the app to be a part of conversations, but now I have nowhere to go. So it was time for me to move on. And I think that, yeah, so that's my whole departure point for, from clubhouse. But let me just get into some other shit about, um, just other things that I really wanted to do. I, like I said earlier, I really want to get back into my podcast. I really want to get back into finding a way to monetize and make money. Like, I really want to, Clubhouse is great, but I'm like, I'm giving away a lot of free content. <laughs> I got 500 people in here. I need to have them 500 people listen to my podcast. Like, I'm really giving away all this free content and people are making monies in rooms. I'm not making shit. I'm giving out so much money. I'm giving, I, I've, I've spent over, I've spent thousands of dollars on Clubhouse. From the DJs, from um, rights to shows, like I've spent money on the app, and I didn't get any of it back. I I nowhere near did I get did I get money back that people, you know, like for my play that was like the most money I ever got, um, because I put my cash app up and asked people to you know donate, and I got some money from that. I got I got some good money, but it still was nowhere near compared to how much I put out, and it's like. Damn, if I was enjoying what I was doing, I wouldn't give a fuck. But I stopped enjoying it. So I had to leave. I think also being an assistant director in this play I just did also woke something else up inside of me that I forgot was there. I love directing. I love, love, love directing. It's amazing. And being able to be away from the app certain nights at, to, to direct or to choreograph or to watch the show, it woke something up in me that I haven't had or seen in years since COVID. And I it's like, I forgot about that part of me. And I have to get back to it. It's going to require me not to be on the app. I felt like, and someone said this on, on Clubhouse, and it, it made sense because this is how I've been feeling. Clubhouse used to um ignite creativity in me. Ooh, I heard that. Let me go make a room about that and put and put a twist on it. Or let me go have that conversation because of this. Let me go write something about this because this could be a great song. Like Clubhouse used to spark my creativity. It it it, it stopped doing that. I felt like the more and more time I spent on Clubhouse, the less and less creative I became. And that's a problem. So I had to get off. And and what I think is different this time than the other times I said I wanted to get off the app is this time I'm being more creative. I'm doing podcasts right now. I got an email just on Monday about another directing opportunity. And so now I got to research this to be able to direct that. So, you know, I'm about to start a new new job. And I'm, um, you know, once I start that new job, then I'll financially be able to support my music and do more music stuff. So I think that what's different now is I'm starting to feel the creativity. And I'm going to tell y'all, I've gotten some of the best sleep of my life since I've been off the app. I'm not saying there were nights I was on the app all night. Um, Or even if I wasn't on the app all night, I would internalize things that happened on the app that would cause me to not sleep. I've had some great sleep since I've been off the app and I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I'm having energy. I'm actually sleeping longer. Like, you know, I'm not waking up at the crack of dawn or, or whatever the case may be. Like, I am really thoroughly resting and feeling rested. And I really think it has a lot to do with me not being on the app no more. There's drama going on that I don't know about that I don't care to know. But if I did want to know, I know who I can call to get it. <laughs> I don't have to get on the app to get it. I've, I have think it's the moment has come to where I, these relationships that I care so much about that I did gain off the app. I need to invest in them. <clears throat> and I think the best way to invest in them is to get off the app. Reach out to these people via text or call or Instagram message, whatever, to check on them. You know, see if they're going to check on me. You know, I think a lot of people claim that you're your friend on this app, but once you get off the app, does that mean the friendship goes away? Because there are a lot of people who have not reached out to me since, I got, since I, they haven't seen me on the app. This lets me know you really weren't my friend. Or maybe you only wanted to be my clubhouse friend, which is fine. That's totally fine. Being just a social media friend is fine. But when you put it out there that you want more than that, I need you to act on it. And that that kind of is what segues me into my next point. My next point is this whole: Did you ever really fuck with me? Because one one thing I realized on this app is the moment people have conflict, they 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 really throw everything, all the, the other experiences they had with you, out the window. I experienced it with the person I told you all about um in part one, um the space i was referring to on this episode you know um they threw that out the window just out of a disagreement or um they felt some type of way about something and instead of really having a conversation with me about it and allowing me to either apologize or for them to get clarity on <clears throat> my on why i did something or why i said something or for me to even have that conversation with them as well to see like i have questions about how you're moving and how you're responding they just cut ties. And it keeps taking me back to the moment of when me and my best friend of 15 years just stopped talking. It, it was April 2021. We just stopped talking. Um, there was a disagreement. Um, there was some, some some foul shit that happened. And n- neither one of us had a conversation with each other. We just stopped. We just cut all communication and stopped talking. And I think the, the like how we how we disposed of each other is 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 horrible from my end and her end. Fifteen years, even if we outgrew each other, because that happens in friendships where you outgrow each other. Even if we outgrew each other, there should have been a certain level of respect for each other to have a conversation so that it so that we're on the same page. Hey. I hurt you. I'm sorry. Hey, you hurt me. Yes, I hurt you. I'm so sorry. This is this is these are the expectations bound and boundaries we need to have going forward. Or you know what? I think that we're still friends just out of feeling like an obligation because we were friends for so long because people do that too. But I think we outgrew each other. I still love you. And respect you but i think that as far as the whole friendship and best friends i'm not really interested in that no more because i think our interests have we we don't we don't share the same interests anymore but i'm still gonna root for you from a distance i'll still check on you every now and then but the obligation of being a best friend i don't think i want that anymore hey You take the words out of my mouth, I totally agree with you. Thank you for your honesty. Like, that is a conversation we should have had with each other, and we didn't. We didn't. We did not do that. It just went from not saying anything, she unfollowed me, she blocked me on stuff, and... Her family didn't even know, so her family is still reaching out to me as if I'm still cool with her, still inviting me for dinner and all these other things. And, like, her mother wants to see me so bad. Her mother wants me to show up to her her, her store. She has her own store. She, her mother wants me to show up and, you know, support and see her. I want to, but I don't want to run into my old best friend. I don't want to run into her. I can't be fake about that. We have to. Ha- we haven't had a conversation. I don't know. I don't. I mean, uh, I don't know. And it's definitely something I need to work on. But so many people are are involved in the fact that we don't talk anymore, and it's crazy. And it's mostly for me and her family because I don't. She wasn't. My family wasn't. A, didn't live out here a lot. My mother moved to Minnesota, so they didn't get a chance to. <clears throat> so she didn't get a chance to have that experience with my mother, but she knows my sister, but I really know her family because I spent a lot of time with them. Hell, my first time, um, my first time out of the country was with her family, was with her mother, was with her family. So I know them so well. And to not be able to have a relationship with her sisters or her brother or anyone else, because I just don't know how to navigate that, how we just easily disposed of each other and not thought that we didn't think about anybody else in the process you know people tend to do this a lot in relationships when they're falling out with people they just they're just shooting y'all just fighting with each other and not we're not even thinking about the stray bullets that are hitting other individuals in the process other people are getting hit because of y'all beef because of our beef other people got hit in the process that didn't deserve it we didn't give a fuck about how that was going to affect them and I'm very disappointed, and I'm very disappointed in how we handled that. I'm very disappointed, but I still don't. <laughs> it's funny that I say I, I may be a hypocrite. Maybe I'm a hypocrite, but I'm disappointed in how we handled it. handled it, but I still don't want to be the first person. I don't want to make the first call. I don't want to be first. Of all, I don't know how to fucking reach out to her. But I mean, I'm pretty sure I can find a way to reach out to her. But I don't want to do it because I didn't do anything wrong but there's that ego (laughs) ah Darrow. okay that's another conversation because i don't i can't talk about that right now because my ego i think is in the way and i i'll admit it but oh well i just you know when we get into these um these falling outs there was you know even this one particular person um on the app who you know i love to call herself my sister that's my my that's my brother my brother this my brother that i love you brother i love you brother but then when the shit hit the fan with another friend of hers in that in that space i used to always going i going i went into where's sister at now sister still ain't responding to a text message sister started moving very differently Sister ain't reached out. Sister ain't said shit to me. So sister had to get unfollowed. Sister had to get blocked. Because how dare you take that take up that title, say you're my sister and you're going to be there for me. And then when the moment came for you to show up to be there for me, you ain't do shit. You actually ran. You actually did not, you ignored me. And that's fucked up. And this is what I'm talking about. Like when people use these titles to say that they're this to you and they're not I mean I saw it, over, I saw it every day on the app people say that they friends but they talking about them behind their back once they see well, because of what they're wearing they say that they're friends or you fucking somebody that your friend fucked y'all saying y'all friends but you're telling your friend's business to somebody else And then when you have a disagreement, or you go to that person, y'all would rather just dispose of each other instead of fixing it. I've never met like people are just so quick to dispose of each other that they spoke so highly about on Monday. It's Wednesday, you already ready to get rid of that person in your fucking life. What kind of sense does that make? I so I, so in closing, I really just want. This whole disposing culture to go to hell, where it belongs. I want y'all to stop disposing people and start having conversations and talk. Again, when I say people, I'm talking to myself. I'm not above this. We really need to have conversations with people. Because we no longer have conversations. Like, we don't. And it's fucked up. We are losing out on some great opportunity, opportunities to build friendships, to build relationships, even if there's a bump in the friendship and shit happens because it's going to happen in any relationship. Fix it if you give a fuck about them. If you truly give a fuck about them, fix it. And I'll close in saying this. Anybody who hears this podcast and feels some type of way that I'm talking about you wear the shoes wear them proudly you know the Instagram you know the phone number hit the DMs if you got something to say I truly don't give a fuck I spoke from my experience and everything that I said I said no lies no lies were told on this no lies are told on Daryl's Daring Thoughts podcast you can feel some type of way you can do a response from a clubhouse. Guess who won't see it? I won't. I don't care. You can do um, a response podcast. Girl, go get your life. Guess who not going to listen? <laughs> you can send me an angry text message. Perfect. Now let's talk about this. But y'all need to stop avoiding shit. We too old for that. But thank you again for tuning in. I love y'all. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye. To follow me on social media, you can go to Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, It's Cordero underscore Santiago. Follow me on Instagram to just stay in touch with everything I'll talk about. I'll update you on um, the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to. I'm so excited that I have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics, any questions you have regarding a topic that I've already discussed, or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode, I have an email address for you to do all of those things. The email is you at gmail.com. So I'll spell that for you. Darrow, D-A-R-O-D-A-R-E-S-U, darrowdaresu at gmail.com. Send me an email.